Hello, Saints. Welcome to the Be Well MU podcast, a podcast for Marymount University students. Led by wellness ambassadors and health and well-being staff, we discuss important health and wellness topics with a new guest every Wednesday. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is Waiwai Yuljep, and I am the case manager in the Office of Wellness. I'll be bringing you fast facts on each episode moving forward. So today we're going to be talking about tender topics. A survey conducted by the Association of American Universities showed that 26.9% of female undergraduates had experienced non-consensual contact through physical force or because they were unable to give consent. For male undergraduates, the share was 6.8%. And now I'm gonna pass it back to our hosts to learn more about Tinder topics. Hello everyone. I am your host, Jan Lin Ngo, fellow wellness ambassador and junior nursing student. And I am here with my co-host, Dr. Laura Finkelstein, our Assistant Vice President for Student Health and Wellbeing. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here. Today, we will be talking about Tinder topics with Brooke Berry, our Dean of Students, Equity Inclusion, and Title IX Coordinator. Hi. Thank you for Thanks being for here, Brooke. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. All right, so let's just dive right into it. Um, whether you are using dating apps or not, technology is a big part of dating. Maybe it's through texting, video chatting, FaceTime, DMs, or more. Um, if you had to choose, what are the top three most important things to consider when dating online? Oh, that's a good question. Um, money, good looks, not just play. <laughs> <laughs> No, really. So, you know, one of the most important things is being yourself, being authentic, right? If I, I, you know, I like to laugh, right? Like I just showed. So just showing who you really are. And that applies to you and the person that you're interested in. And being authentic really starts with just loving yourself and appreciating yourself. Also, it's really important to be concerned with safety. Um, and that means staying connected with your circles of support. So that could be your parents or a group of friends, making sure that they know your whereabouts or they know the people that you're connecting with and that you're interested in. There are also a couple of apps that I recommend that are really helpful for this. Um, one is called Circle of Six, so the number six. And another one is called Be Safe, uh, the letter B, safe. Also, you know, if you're meeting up with someone um, and you have an iPhone, you can drop a pin to let your friends know where you are. So I, those are things that I recommend for safety. Um, and also, we have to be conscious of being in a pandemic right now. Um, we, need, we probably need to limit our in-person contact or take the necessary steps to quarantine before seeing one another. And then most importantly, I believe um, in all relationships is consent. And that's just simply communicating every step of the way, being really clear about what your expectations are, what your limits are, um, expected behaviors for yourself and others, um, what you'd like to happen. So expressing you know, your needs and your wants, um, respecting boundaries, um, never making assumptions and really truly just being respectful of yourself and others. So making sure that you're treating um, the other person the way you'd want someone to treat you. 
I love all of those things that you just said. Um, it seems like there is a kind of a, a pattern of transparency with ourselves, with our relationships, like you said, with our needs, our wants, and really seeing like who just being clear about that as well and being yeah. direct. It's really going to save a lot of frustration, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think about that sometimes too, because, you know, even though, you know, people might use filters or might, you know, try and, and seem like someone they're not, if they are ultimately, if you're ultimately wanting to meet up with someone, they're going to find out about you. So I think it helps to, to start on an authentic um, step right at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the last thing you mentioned uh, was consent. And I think we all know that consent should be informed, voluntary, and enthusiastic. But can you talk a little bit more about digital consent or what consent looks like online when we are dating? That's a great question, Jalen. And, you know, digital consent would be the same, right, as if you were in person with someone. So, um, consent being informed means that both people are understanding you're on the same page, that you've both agreed upon whatever it is that you all are engaging in. Um, it should be voluntary because this is a choice, right, that both people are making um, and there is not outside pressure. Um, and it's enthusiastic because this is something that you're both choosing, you are understanding about, you're informed about it, and it should be exciting to um, spend time with or engage with or communicate with um, someone that you're interested in or wanting to date. Um, and so digital consent could look different in, in many ways. So let's say for example, um, you're at a party, um, with someone or with some friends and you've recorded a video or if you've taken pictures, um, make sure you ask that person if it's okay before you upload that those videos or that media to Instagram or TikTok. Um, it also could look like, you know, texting someone before FaceTiming them just to make sure that it's okay for you to call. It's okay for, you know, them to show their faces, right? You know, I feel like now in, in quarantine, half the time, you know, I'm in sweats and I'm looking crazy. So, you know, I mean, I want to pick up that FaceTime, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, asking before you send a picture, you know, sometimes you might, getting ready to go out and you look really cute. I mean, you assume that that person wants that picture of you, but it's still best to check in um, and make sure that they want to receive that um, and vice versa. You know, don't go off just screenshotting someone and sending, you know, that person to your friends to check it out, check them out, right? I think that, you know, it's best to get their consent before moving forward. And it's really cool to kind of navigate that in this, you know, digital age because we're doing a lot more communicating online. I totally agree with what you said, Brooke, um, especially because we're in the pandemic. One of the things that it's, that this pandemic is shining a light on is how we communicate um, and really getting consent because we're spending so much more time on the internet and trying to stay connected with our family, our friends, our coworkers, um, our loved ones. Um, and uh, there's another point you brought up uh, about like texting before you tag somebody in a picture or like texting before um, 
you can FaceTime somebody before you can call them. And some people um, like to like know when you're gonna FaceTime them. They like to know what you're gonna post um, on social media. It's, and it's like, it's their own boundary. It's exactly. uh, what they're comfortable with. Um, so I think it's really good that for like both parties to like be on the same page and really like respect each other's boundaries too. Yes, absolutely. Establishing those boundaries. So like being confident about expressing your boundaries and then on the other side, really respecting those boundaries once someone has laid those out for you. I think it's such a great point, not just for dating, which is what we're talking about mostly today, but just all relationships. You know, I think it it applies with friends, family, you know, checking in about their comfort level with certain things being posted is important. Yeah. because my mom will definitely post something without my permission. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> All right. Um, earlier you mentioned safety. What are some red flags we should be aware of in regards to online dating? Sure. Again, like online dating, in-person dating, friendships, like Dr. Laura said, um, you know, we always want to be aware of people that use um, demanding and aggressive language. Um, you know, another red flag is people that aren't considerate of your feelings. So like we just talked about, you know, establishing these boundaries, being transparent about those, and then people that disregard, you know, the boundaries that you've set or the feelings that you've shared. Those people are not those are red flags and those may not be folks that you want in your corner or that, that you want to continue to spend time with. Um, people that put you in uncomfortable situations, um, people that pressure you into things that you may not want to do. And again, having that confidence to really express yourselves and say, hmm, I'm not sure about that. I don't, I don't feel good about this. Not this time. You know, I really, really want to stress that to people, you know, love yourself, be confident in sharing how you feel about things. Um, because, you know, as you get to know people, you want them to know the authentic, real you, and to know that these are things that you're just not cool with. And again, um, again, we've been talking about the pandemic. So, you know, checking in about COVID practices, you know, are they being safe? Have they been tested? Um, have they been vaccinated? Or what are their face covering habits? Um, who are they spending their time with when they're not with you? That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, actually, going back to the boundary uh, topic you mentioned, it seems kind of scary though to like set those boundaries. Because um, what if we set a boundary and it scares people away? Or uh, we get rejected um, and these people like never talk to us again. Um. That, yeah, that's a great point. And that, and that can be really scary. Um, but you have to know that you're worth it, right? If someone wants to be your friend, if someone wants to get to know you, um, then they'll be understanding of what you feel comfortable with. So be confident in how amazing you are. And you have these boundaries for a reason. You have these comforts for a reason. Um, and so don't ever, you know, lose sight of that. Again, like it's a privilege for someone to want to get to know you, to want to be your friend, to want to date you. Um, and so if they care about you, if they respect you, if they think that you're worth it, then 
they will they will honor those things. And if they don't, you know, again, that's a signal that you don't have to deal with that. You know, you can move on. And the person um, or the people that um, are meant to be for you, they will honor those things. And they won't make you feel bad about what you want to do with your life. I, I totally agree. And I um, I would say too, if, if you're aware that for you, this is kind of anxiety provoking to have some of these conversations, I would encourage you to kind of practice it, like practice it in your head or with your friends. Like, what will I say if um, someone's walking quickly up to me to give me a hug and I don't feel comfortable with that? Um, or if someone wants to meet up with me and wants to be indoor or at a small restaurant or something that I'm not comfortable with, because I think it's um, most nerve wracking when we just haven't anticipated it and then we have to make that choice in the moment. But if you can kind of clarify your values for yourself and prepare for what you would say, that can be helpful too. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, like, I think if we set boundaries, it's not going to scare away the right people. If they're going to be there for us. Like that's exactly what you said, Brooke, Laura. That's good. I'm going to be practicing, Dr. Laura. <laughs> Um, you also mentioned, um, being authentic earlier. Um, and this is so important because, um, like I think, uh, Dr. Laura mentioned earlier, we hide behind filters or edits, uh, or try to only post like the highlights on the perfect shot on our social media. Um, and we forget that behind all those perfect shots and those highlight reels that everybody is, that there are real people and that we're all looking for real connections. Um, so do you have any more advice on how to be more authentic when you're dating online or in relationships? Yeah, sure. I think that college is probably the time where most people are figuring out who they are and coming into themselves because, you know, before you were, living with your parents all the time and maybe kind of fitting into like who they wanted you to be. And now you have the opportunity to choose your own, own major and take the courses that you want. So you're really figuring out um, who you are. And that's a really good feeling. And I really hate that society kind of has these boxes of like who people should be or, or how we should look or how we should dress or what our body type should be. And I and I, I really hate that because I think the there's so much beauty in diversity and that we shouldn't all be the same. We shouldn't all have the same filtered face um, with the, you know, the big brat's lips and all that, that they do on Instagram. So I think that, you know, embrace the fact that you shouldn't have to change yourself to fit someone else's idea of who you should be or what you should be. Um, you know, have you ever heard, heard like a friend, you know, maybe break up with someone and they're like, oh, you know, I never knew who they were. I just met their representative. You know, that that really stinks. Like we want we want to be ourselves because like Dr. Laura said earlier, if you're going to meet up with them, they're going to see what you really look like anyway. So you might as well just, you know, be yourself. Um, 
And I think we're all just looking for, you know, companionship and we want to be around people that we like and that genuinely like us. And so you want to be comfortable. You want to be friends, you know, with whoever um, you end up dating. I think that's a great place to start. So, so just work on, um, you know, loving yourself and building genuine connections, just just being yourself. And again, I truly believe when you are walking in your purpose, when you're trying your best, when you're trying to be yourself or you you are walking in yourself, then you will attract um, the right people. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I think those are wise words, Dean Barry. Um, and, you know, something that that I'll talk to students about or clients about when I'm seeing them in counseling is you know, being aware of what, how you're talking to yourself. You know, are you being critical of yourself and limiting yourself or are you affirming yourself, which is what, you know, we want it to be. You want to be your own, your own fan. So um, kind of attuning to that. And if you notice some critical self-talk, that's something that counseling can really help with. Um, so, you know, working on, on loving yourself so that you can connect with others as, as we're talking about today and Dean Barry saying. Yeah, thank you. One thing I realized oh, a few days ago, actually, while I was in the shower, um, <laughs> um, I think it was like, we always hear um, from everybody, be confident in yourself. But at the same time, I feel like it, it can be, scary to be confident um, in yourself if people try to change who you are if they try to change what you like if they try to change what you look like how you look or like what your views are what your opinions are or your mindset and and I feel like we should all just try to accept people for who they are and we really can't change them and we shouldn't try to change them um, because this, this is who they are and we should be authentic um, because that's when real connections are made and that's when we really feel seen. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's all we all want, right? Just to be seen and heard and just embraced for, for who we are and, and what we bring. Definitely. I know I read something today about one of our like people's biggest uh, goals is to be accompanied. Um, and I just, that was like the first time I had heard it said in that way. And I thought it was really profound. Like, yeah, you wanna be seen um, and accompanied, you know, on this, this journey we're all going on. So I liked that. Right. Yeah, I like that. And actually like just recently in order to just me to be more authentic, um, I started asking myself like why do I have a social media account like what's the purpose of it to stay connected with friends is it um, to express myself to share what share what my interests are and connect with people that way um, I know some people have social media to make some side money <laughs> um, or is it to get how as many likes as I could um, or as many followers as I can. Um, I started like kind of like started looking inward to see why am I posting what I'm posting and 
it always comes back to it's because it makes me happy I share what makes me happy and if people don't like it they can unfollow me <laughs> um and I think like that's how I'm being more authentic to myself and that's where I see that how I'm just more satisfied and happy and I don't feel as pressured or feel like I have to look a certain way or um, do a certain thing or whatever. That's really good that you're, you know, that self-aware and accepting too, because I know that's confusing and scary, I think, especially as a college student, because, and there's nothing wrong with posting something for validation or like sometimes, but I think that it's amazing that you're actually confident and can say, I post this because it makes me happy. Um, And so I'm very proud of you for that. That means so much. Thank you, Brooke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm just wondering, um, Dr. Laura and uh, Dean Barry, uh, like what are some ways that you guys practice self-care or um, you, I don't know, like try to be authentic to yourself or set boundaries? I don't know, that's like a loaded, but like, like whatever pops up in your mind? Yeah, um, I think I've mentioned some of my self-care habits in other podcasts, so I, I won't repeat myself too much there, but um, you know, a, a new practice that I've been doing more is really being intentional about my values and am I living into my values? So kind of going back to a few concepts that really ring true for me and like on a daily basis saying like, am I living in line with these things? And if not, you know, what needs to shift um, so that I can be more in line? And that helps me to be authentic and to feel good and confident. So that's my my latest thing I'm doing. Good. Yeah, I feel like my self-care is is always evolving or it's always a work in progress. Um, And I think one of the things that I neglect is probably my health. Um, and so I bought a Peloton and it came after months. Um, and so I have to do a better job of, of taking care of the, the physical part, because when I do, though, I feel I feel so much better um, about myself. And I really try to practice mindfulness and meditation. And like Dr. Laura was talking about earlier, really um, affirming myself, giving myself positive, you know, affirmations. Um, Because sometimes I have a tendency to kind of spiral or talk myself out of things. And um, I have found those, you know, saying those positive affirmations to myself um, really, really makes a difference. you know, I have to fill myself up so that I can be there and support our students. Um, Because if I'm not feeling well, if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't be the best that I can be for you all. So it's really important. Thank you so much. It's awesome that you mentioned, um, I don't remember what analogy you used, but it's kind of like like filling up the car with gas so it can run, Mm, right? If there's no gas, then it can't run. Um, And it's, it's great that you mentioned um, your Peloton because I think, or uh, I think like a lot of the effects you get from physical, from like nurturing your physical health transfers into mental health. Yeah. 
So that's important that we also like focus on our mental health too. And I feel like um, some people may not like see that as important as other aspects of self-care. Um, so actually like one thing I do is um, before I go to sleep, I journal. Um, mm -hmm. And so I would like, there's no like specific way I do it, but it's some days it's different. Like most days I just write down anything that goes through my head like anything that has gone through my head my, my mind in the past 24 hours um and just write it all out the good bad ugly everything and just get it out on paper and really just I don't know not hide from myself it sounds I don't know it's just like you know like sometimes you're like oh I don't I don't think that way or but we're all human and we all have different things of different thoughts um, that go through our minds. Um, and I think like writing it all out, it's just, it's kind of liberating. It's kind of freeing. And um, it also helps me go to sleep easier. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, emptying your brain out, right? And all your thoughts, that's good. And embracing, you're right. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's your expression. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. So um, lastly, um, I just wanted to take this time to plug some of our on-campus resources related to today's topic. Um, and Dr. Laura and uh, Dean Barry can talk more about the Office of Wellness, Counseling Center, and Title IX. Yes, so two um, great resources for this topic are the Office of Wellness and Counseling. And so the Office of Wellness is more like an informational hub. So, you know, we encourage you to come in here if you have any questions about anything we've been talking about, or you want to read up more about it or research more, um, and we can kind of walk you through those things. And then we have our counseling center, um, which every student gets uh, 12 free sessions um, every year that they're here at Marymount. And that's for really attending to your mental health and any you know, concerns about any of the things we're talking about, you know, self-esteem and critical self-talk, relationships, any of those issues our counselors can help with. Cool. And I know, you know, sometimes people are scared when they hear, you know, Title IX. And we know that, you know, Title IX is our federal law, our civil right to be in an educational environment that's free from discrimination based on sex. Um, and so what my office does quite often is um, help our community um, maybe manage issues where they may be unsure if there was an instance maybe of um, sexual misconduct. But, you know, I'm really a resource office. And so I support um, people um, that may want to talk about healthy relationships and, and boundaries and knowing how to address um, situations um, where they may be uncomfortable or there may have been um, an, an a challenge or, or a violation um, um, to their values or to their boundaries. Um, and so I'm available by email, by phone, by Zoom. Um, and I'm here just to talk and also to refer you to other resources. We work really closely with counseling services. Um, and then we also have some other off-campus resources. But the main thing is to just make sure that all students feel supported um, and to know that um, 
anything they share with me, you know, is private and that I will do my very best um, to ensure that they're supported. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. As always, every Wednesday, we have a new Be Well MU podcast come out. And we thank you for your support and hope you're doing well, healthy, and safe. Bye, everyone.